everyone, and welcome on into the Betting Pros Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Viola, and joining us today here, of course, as always, the Oracle himself, Matt Friedman, and in our rotating third chair coming at us to break down all of the week three NFL action here, none other than Kelly in Vegas herself, Kelly Stewart. How are you doing today, Kelly? Life is good. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I don't leave these four walls. So back to back to back shows. I appreciate you guys having me on. This should be pretty fun. We appreciate you taking the time. It's going to be an exciting one. We were talking before we got on air here. It's a tough slate this week. There's a ton of home dogs that are going to be barking. Matt, what are you thinking just over the slate in general? Were you finding it hard to pick out some games for this week? No, I mean, I will say, uh, donkey that I am, I looked at the board pretty quickly and identified games that I liked, uh, that my numbers liked, and I'm just, I'm still on those games. You know, even like the look ahead lines, I was like, okay, I like this game, and I'm still on a lot of those games. Well, the first one that you're on here is the Patriots and the Ravens. Patriots getting three in Foxborough right now. It's not often over the years that we've been able to say that, at least in my lifetime. Matt, are you riding with New England here? Or are you taking the visiting Ravens? Yeah, I I have to go with New England. And I, I feel like such a, a square doing this. But, you know, like Belichick as an underdog is 30-16-2 against the spread. Uh, and he's 5-1-1 one, one against the spread versus John Harbaugh. Like, it's not to say that, like, he has Harbaugh's number or anything like that. But, like, historically, I, I think he's just been able to out outmaneuver and outthink Harbaugh. Uh, and I really like the matchup of this Patriots run defense against the Ravens run offense. So even though the Ravens are only number 11 this year uh, in rush rate, they are a running team at their core. Like, that's what happens when you have Lamar Jackson and Greg Roman. You know, Jackson's a, a ground attack cheat code and greg roman is by trade a run game coordinator and everything that they've done this offseason signaled that they wanted to go into the running game you know getting rid of number one wide receiver marquise brown and then replacing him not with you know wide receivers that they got in the draft but with two tight ends uh you know but i think they could struggle to run the ball you know jk dobbins it's not certain that he's playing number two running back guess edwards is out a left tackle ronnie stanley is yet to play this year and their backup left tackle juan james he's out for the season within a kill injury so you know with those injuries the Ravens offense has been predictably terrible on the ground this year you know like bottom five and a lot of key efficiency rushing metrics uh so I don't think it's a good situation for them and the Patriots defense has been a top five unit in yards per play and points game uh points per game through two games uh so I think it's it's a pretty even uh matchup even skewed I would say in general towards the Patriots uh and if the Patriots can keep the Ravens in check on the ground I think that forces them into a heavy reliance on the passing game and you know while the Ravens have had success in the air this year like they're actually number one in past DVOA uh it's never a positive development to become one-dimensional against a Bill Belichick defense and the Ravens have been really fortunate with their matchups to open the year they face the bottom two teams in defensive pass DVOA the Jets in week one and the Dolphins in week two so so I'm skeptical that the Ravens pass offense actually is as good as it has recently looked. And if the run offense struggles in week three, I think they could have an underwhelming offensive performance overall uh, in the preseason market. This was a pick em, right? I don't think that much has changed from then to now. So I will be taking the Patriots plus three. At a pick em, I want to be on the other side there with the Ravens, but I hate laying points going into a place like Foxborough. Kelly, what about you? 
You know, a wise man, I think it was Todd Furman back in the day at Don Best, told me, he goes, you know what, kid, you're not going to get rich laying points on the road. And I'll be honest with you, I have always made it a habit since then not to lay points on the road. So either I cross those games off or I look towards the dog. I want to back the dog here. I don't like that move from two and a half to three. And I'm not sure who has more money than me that decided that they really liked the Ravens minus two and a half. Maybe they were looking to get the public or some of those board cleaners to push it to three. That does concern me. As somebody who is a J.K. Dobbins fantasy owner, I'd love to see him come back this weekend, be able to run against this Patriots team. But I'm with Matt here. I don't think the Ravens can get their running game going. Their secondary got absolutely obliterated last week. I laid three and a half with the Ravens, you guys. Sitting on the couch with Grandma. She's a big Saints fan. Saints was my best bet. No big deal. We've got... Uh, the Lions game on, the, the iPad, the side TV. We got another couple games on. I thought I was home free with that Ravens no sweat winner. Wrong. And that's because that secondary gave up some really, really bad, like deep passes. Maybe maybe they got a little lazy there, but at some point in time, you got to lock it up and you can't do that. On the flip side, I'm not sure that I really trust Mac Jones as a game manager, and that concerns me. I do have the Patriots under eight and a half wins this year. And let me tell you, Ben, those under wins have not been good for me historically. Bill Belichick finds ways to win. Matt mentioned his home underdog record. And I'll go as far as this take the hot take to say he's got Harbaugh's number. We've seen it from time to time where Bill Belichick just does less with more. Uh, and even this last couple of years without Tom Brady. And I would say I have a slight lean with the three, the, the field goal at home to the pass, but I'm not going to be getting involved in this game. If you want to win a signed Joe Mixon Cincinnati Bengals jersey, courtesy of our friends at Pristine Auction, you need to subscribe to the Betting Pros YouTube channel right now. Comment below this video and that is it. You will automatically be entered. We will be announcing a winner right here on the channel. So make sure to turn on those notifications so you can be alerted when new episodes are up and acclaim your prize. Now, a game that you are going to be getting involved with, you don't want to lay points on the road, but you were getting a couple here with Green Bay versus Tampa. That line is moving quick, though. It's down to a pick em at most spots at this point. Does that scare you off? Or are you still riding with the pack in Tampa? Yeah, I'm riding with the pack. Uh, to tell your audience to bet the pack, though, it would be... A little disingenuous, but the good the good friend of mine named John Murray, we used to do a podcast back in the day called Kelly and Murray, said, don't worry, Kelly, games never land one. Uh, and ever since then, it's been a really great joke because games land one all the time. Just not as much as they land three, seven, four, six. Okay, obviously, games do land one, just not at a very high rate. So we better hope games don't land one here. But two and a half, to me, difference with one, pick them. I did say that I liked Green Bay on the money line. This is going to be a really nice trophy for my shelf later because I got some good CLV there. This is more of a play against the Bucs. If you guys watched anything I did last week, I said I am playing against the Bucs here. This is not a play on the Saints. I thought that Saints defense was going to do really great. And then guess what? Lattermaker starts throwing haymakers. And Lattimore starts throwing haymakers to Mike Evans and uh, kind of just changed the whole dynamic of the game. Packers looked really great against the Bears. Of course they did. But what I'm going to be looking here for the keys for the Packers to win this game is to do what we've seen them be able to do offensively, but I need that secondary to step up. I don't think Tom Brady has the ability that he once had. Now, that may be a little disingenuous, but not only does he have hurt receiving core, he has no Mike Evans, uh, at least 
I Thursday, what is it, four, five o'clock on the East Coast. I haven't heard anything about his appeal as of right now. We've got Julio Jer- Jones injured. We've got Chris Godwin injured. Fournette is going to have to be able to run the ball, but can you really run the ball against this Packers front seven? I don't know how I feel about it, but this is uh, Aaron Rodgers. One of those games that he's going to want to get back from a little bit of revenge from two years ago in FC Championship game. And I, I really think that this is a Packers team that has done well for me in the underdog position on the road. We know that usually that doesn't happen, but they've covered seven of their last 11. And I'm going to take them here on Sunday. As I mentioned, I may have a trophy in my pocket uh, come Sunday morning, but I did my job. I got the best of the number here with the pack. If closing line value could pay the bills, we would all be very rich right, right now. But, you know, I, I was it's Packers are passed for me, too. The, the the Buccaneers wide receivers are so banged up that Cole Beasley's on the practice squad and might have to start hey, that's, this game. That, that's not good. That's just wild to me. I didn't even know he was still in the league. He wasn't. He's been on the couch. But uh, about being able to run, you know this is going to be a Leonard Fournette game. David Montgomery did have some success. Like if the Bears were moving the football, it was because it was on the ground with Montgomery and Herbert. Matt, do you think that they're going to be able to find that same success that the Bears did? Or are you riding with the pack here? Yeah, I I mean, speaking of closing line value, I bet this on the look ahead when it was three and a half because that just felt so, so egregious. And I I have this now at 1.25. So I'm right in line with the market. But honestly, I might I might bump it down a little bit as we get more practice reports or injury reports, rather, uh, you know, with. Uh, Julio Jones not practicing left tackle Donovan Smith not certain to play uh, backup left tackle uh, Josh Wells definitely out for this game just a, a ton of uncertainty on the offensive line and at wide receiver for Tom Brady so I'm imagining as I'm updating my uh, power ratings and numbers uh, and you know reviewing injury reports I will knock this number down probably not all the way to a pick but certainly closer to uh, to that than to the three that this opened at. Now, I know that you're not high on the Raiders from here in Vegas at all. And let's be frank, they've given you a lot of reason not to be through two games here. But it's an 0-2 battle as they head to Tennessee to take on the Titans, who just got absolutely mollywopped on Monday Night Football. Are you still going to take the Titans on the short rest? Derrick Henry has not looked like the king we were promised so far this year. Yeah, uh, feeling very good about uh, under on the Raiders uh, for eight and a half with the win total. I don't feel as good about betting against them in this spot, but my my number is telling me to do it, so I'm doing it. And you look at some of the historical trends here. Derek Carr, I mean, this guy as a favorite has just massively underwhelmed throughout his career. 13-24-1 and one against the spread as a favorite. One seven one against the spread uh, as a favorite versus a team that made the playoffs in the previous year. So that like record is just absolutely horrible. And Mike Vrabel, you know, like a very particular type of coach, like a a raw raw type of coach, not really a tactician. But uh, eighteen and twelve against the spread as an underdog, eight and four against the spread as a home underdog. And when his team has had back to back losses, five one and one against the spread. Uh, the matchup that really has my eye in this game is the Titans pass rush against the Raiders pass blocking. Even without edge, uh, Harold Landry, who's out for the season with a knee injury, the Titans defensive line, I think, has a pretty marked advantage over the Raiders offensive line, at least looking in our fantasy pros unit power rankings. And 
you know, specifically the Titans this year, uh, this year have excelled at rushing the quarterback. Uh, the Raiders have struggled, I think, most in pass protection. And uh, center Andre James, he missed week two with a concussion. He hasn't returned to practice yet as we're recording this. Uh, I think the right side of that offensive line would be especially vulnerable if he's out. So in his absence last week, rookie right guard Dylan Parham, he shifted to center. And then undrafted fourth-year backup Lester Cotton got his first NFL start filling in at right guard. Uh, I mean – those two guys, come on, those two guys going against second team all pro defensive tackle uh, Jeffrey Simmons, who had eight and a half sacks last year, like he could wreak havoc against those two. Uh, and then on the end of the line is right tackle, uh, right tackle Jermaine uh, Elu Manure. I don't I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I, I just, I'm just giving it an honest shot here. The point I is, no one's should- pretty good. I would not do as well. No one should have to try to pronounce this guy's name because he shouldn't be starting. He's a journeyman backup who has played most of his snaps at guard. And now somehow he's starting at right tackle. Like he will be outmatched by edges, uh, Danico Autry and Bud Dupree, assuming Dupree plays, even if Dupree doesn't play, I don't think it really matters. So like that matchup of this defensive line going against an offensive line that I don't think is good enough to block them means that Derek Carr could have a significant amount of pressure coming his way on the road for a lot of the game. This was Titans uh, 1.75 in the preseason market. Uh, yeah, I just think there's value here. The Titans, they are 0-2, but so are the Raiders. So I will take the Titans at 2, 2.5. I'm worried about the Taylor Lewan injury myself. That could make this really yeah. interesting when it comes to the Titans' ability to block the pressure from the Raiders' front that admittedly has been a little lackluster here. Chandler Jones is not an upgrade over Yannick Ngakwe, and the Raiders are finding that out right now. But they still have Max Crosby. I'm personally looking to the under in that game. I think that this one could end up being one of those games where neither offense really gets off the ground and they just look ineffective. Kelly, any thoughts on this game before we shift over to your next pick here? You know, I think sometimes you got to look at these a little situationally, right? Uh, Matt, I'm sure, has an amazing set of power rate ratings, and I've got some sharp people that let me allow to use theirs. And I think sometimes when you're looking at the NFL, is look at – what we saw last, uh, Matt mentioned the look-ahead line. Sometimes even those are really a great handicapping tool. What the line should have been had that previous game went a different direction. Had the Titans not got blown out on Monday night football in an embarrassing fashion on the road in Buffalo, this line should be Titans minus one and a half, Titans minus two. Yet here we are. And you also have to wonder on the flip side – how good the Raiders really are, that second half, particularly that late fourth quarter comeback by the Cardinals, who I don't think are particularly that great of a team either, sometimes teams lose games twice. Now, I understand these are professionals. These are not college kids. But we've seen it happen before where you can't get that monkey off your back or don't rebound fast enough. This looks like a game I don't want any part of. But I will tell you this, and while – Full disclosure, teasers have been getting obliterated. My teasers have just been getting blown up. I'm talking, I'm taking the low totals. I'm doing, uh, getting over seven, or excuse me, over seven with seven and a half, eight and a half. And it doesn't matter because some of these teams are so bad, they can't even keep it respectable at home. That's right. I'm looking at you, Washington. Uh, that being said, uh, there's a couple of spots I think are a good teaser play this week, and the Titans are one of them. I'm with you on that, but you're also looking at a game that I, I kind of like on a six-point teaser here. Kansas City, the Chiefs head to Indy to take on the Colts. Man, 
You, you tie the Texans week one, you get obliterated by Jacksonville. That's never something you want to hear in week two. And now your home opener is against Kansas City. This isn't pretty for the Colts here, but can they keep this one close? Uh, the big questions is, obviously, it is Thursday. We need to see what's going on with Pittman and Leonard. Uh, but I will say this. Jonathan Taylor needs to utilize so much more. If the Colts run the ball with him, slow down and take 13 seconds to just give Matt Ryan any time. Now, I know Matt Ryan, if you look right now, is just getting eaten alive on Twitter because he takes over three seconds to release all, but they've got to give the old man some time. Uh, the Colts have been terrible as home underdogs, uh, but they have covered five of their last six. Historically, not been great, but lately they've been okay. This is a Chiefs team that I don't think it could look any better, right? Chiefs look amazing right now, and we know that historically they haven't been, for about the last two years, covering spreads. Well, now here they are coming back, and... I thought we were going to get a seven. When you asked me what I wanted to be on, I wanted to be all over the Colts plus seven. I was ready. I was sitting there at my odd screen open. I said, here we go. I'll get a seven. Six and a half. Six and a half. I do four hours of filming yesterday. I log in. I'm like, five and a half? Who in the world bet them plus six and a half? Why couldn't you guys just wait? And uh, at five and a half, I'm going to be really honest with you. That makes me sick to my stomach to even contemplate taking the Colts. I actually did not end up betting them. Uh, sometimes it's okay to pass. Sometimes it's say, you know what? I didn't get the number that I wanted. I'm going to pass. But I will say the Colts are going to be an excellent play in a lot of um, pick five contests that I'm in. I'm even in a pick seven. I've got six and a half in all of them because those lines come out Monday and yeah. Tuesday. So right now I have the ability to take – a stale number. And guess what? Every Tom, Dick, and Harry in those kinds of, they're still going to lay six and a half with the Chiefs. And so hopefully we can get in there. Game might land six and I may get lucky to win by the hook. But at five and a half, unfortunately, I don't know what to make of this Colts team. Would I be surprised if the Colts won out right on Sunday? Absolutely not. This is what this Colts team does. But having six quarterbacks over the last six seasons, they just don't have a lot of continuity, and that concerns me here. Uh, I do think Frank Reich is a really good coach, and I think he's getting a lot of a lot of grief right now. Uh, but he's on the hot seat, and he's got to make moves here this Sunday. We'll see how it ends up playing out, but unfortunately, at five and a half, I do have to pass. Uh, one of my favorite sports betting anecdotes of all time from Vinny Maiulo with Gone Gaming. He said the advantage that the better has over the book is the fact that the book has to put up a number and take action on every single game. Yep. The better can choose which games they want to take, and that's the only true advantage that you're getting there. Passing is a perfectly reasonable thing to do. You don't have to take a position on every game. But I will say, if it does sway anybody's opinion here, Shaquille Leonard and Michael Pittman, they both practiced yesterday. They said they're feeling good. They said it's still a game-time decision if they're going to be playing. Matt, is there any way that you're uh, factoring this in here? Yeah, I'm imagining that this line will get even shorter because I, I would bet that they both do play. And yeah, Kelly, I think absolutely spot on with the the idea of taking this in contest because that, yeah, that number six and a half is there. And so we will be getting some nice closing line value if this continues to move down. Uh, and I have it right around the market right now. I have this at 5.25. And, you know, if uh, we see those guys in the game, that line might move a little bit for me as well. So uh, I, I'm not betting it at five and a half, but six and a half in contest, I think is a really sharp move. Uh, and friend of the show, Captain Jack, he pointed out uh, when it comes to contest plays, when you know that people are going to be laying with that six and a half on the Chiefs, if you can take the other side in a game like that, 
if you come out on top, that's like getting two wins instead of one by being able to beat the public so much here. Guys, real quick, I want to talk to you about Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. My friends and I changed over this year and I absolutely love it. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards in a football game or number of points in a basketball game. Then, choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button, along with Over Under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride it out together, so stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new Over Under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Use the promo code BETTINGPROS when you sign up for a Sleeper account today and Sleeper will automatically credit your account $100 to get you started. Terms and conditions apply. See sleeper.com for details. But Matt, your next game up on the board. You are going with the Washington Commies, the Commanders, six and a half against the Eagles here. And I feel like Carson Wentz has been the least talked about guy who's actually in the top three when it comes to passing yards right now, up there with elite names like Joe Flacco. It's a weird season through two weeks, but you're on the commanders here. Yeah, I feel really disgusting doing this. Like, I I did not want to be on, on this game. Uh, and if I was going to be on this game, I didn't want to be on this side of it. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, I think that there's significant value on the commanders in this spot. Uh, Nick Sirianni for the Eagles, one, four, and one against the spread in division uh, and divisional underdogs. You know, this is the, the time of year. Uh, divisional underdogs in general, I think, offer value, especially in the first half of the year, but then really in the first month of the season, uh, 205 to 146 uh, to 11 against the spread uh, divisional underdogs in weeks one through four. Uh, and I think it's, uh, it's a situation where the commanders, like, yes, we have the narrative of like the revenge game and all of that. Maybe that factors in a little bit, but really uh, this interior offensive line for the commanders, it looks like it's in shambles. Uh, but I think it's actually a little bit better of a situation than people might think. So center chase uh, Rallier, he's out for the year as is his backup, Tyler Larson. Uh, and so that means that we're going to see a right guard shift over to play tackle. And the thing is, this line is also missing its two starting guards from last year. So year over year, they are starting three new players in their interior. And that exact trio has never played together as a unit. And going against defensive tackles Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave, that looks like a disaster waiting to happen. Uh, even so, I think the commanders will will do well enough on the interior of their offensive line. So right guard Wes, Wes Schweitzer, who is shifting over to center, he's made 19 starts uh, in the interior for the commanders since 2020. So he knows the system. Uh, replacing him at right guard is backup Trey Turner, who is a pro bowler, five-time pro bowler uh, from Carolina. Uh, and so he knows the system 
as well. And left guard Andrew Norwell, he's new to the team, but he is another Panthers transplant who was an All-Pro in 2017. And he and Turner manned the interior of the Panthers offensive line together for four years. And so even though there are injury issues, there are new starters, like this is not a typical patchwork unit that you would normally see with having new starters in there. Like I think there's decent continuity there. And I think those guys will be significant drivers of success for the commanders. Uh, without Derek Barnett, the edge rusher, the Eagles defense is just uh, number 27 in adjusted sack rate through two games. Uh, so I think there's a decent chance that they could actually keep Carson Wentz clean in the pocket. And, you know, even though the Eagles, they went out of their way seemingly this offseason to get better against the run. Uh, they drafted defensive tackle Jordan Davis. Uh, they added edge Hassan Reddick. Uh, linebacker Kazir White. They added him in free agency and drafted Nicobe Dean. Right? They made these moves to try to get better in run defense, and yet they are still bottom five in run defense in every key metric. And so if Schweitzer, Turner, and Norwell are able to hold their own against Cox and Hargrave in run blocking, the commanders could use the rushing game to extend drives, grind down the clock, keep the explosive Eagles offense on the sidelines and keep the game close. This line was minus one in the preseason market, minus three in the look ahead market last Thursday. It's six and a half. Like, what are we doing? This is a massive overreaction to the fact that the Eagles are two and oh, and that they won 24 to seven in week two on Monday night football. That's what this is. It is a massive overreaction. And if I lose money betting on this, I'm totally fine doing it because this line never should have gotten to six and a half in the first place. Overreactions, Matt, overreactions. I I'm sorry, but after those Monday night games, the whole world was here anointing. It is Eagles Philly Super Bowl. Are there you kidding me? Jalen Hurts' MVP odds got cut in half. Everybody's ready to just crown him MVP. Uh, that, listen, that game was just terrible all the way around. I wasn't that impressed with the Eagles. I was more just disgusted with the Vikings secondary and, well, frankly, Kirk Cousins in primetime. What else is new? Uh, but I, I'm with you. It's either commies or pass. I don't know if I have the stuff for it. Uh, come Sunday, I, I may see. I don't think it's going to get to seven, though. I think it's going to sit here at six and a half because the bookmakers are going to say, come on, guys. Everybody walk up to the window and bet the Eagles. And unless some big-time better comes in and bets uh, the commanders, which – they might. You're, you're right, Matt, that the, there's some definite line value there. I just don't really know what Carson Wentz's identity is yet. And you mentioned that offensive line. And we've seen good Carson Wentz and we've seen bad Carson Wentz. And we have yet to see good Carson Wentz uh, here in Washington just yet. Uh, he had a couple of moments against the Panthers, I guess. But overall, this is not a team that I want to back with my hard-earned dollars. If it's, if it's a bet, it's a pure numbers play, and I'm just not going to watch. John Murray is really hoping that you're going to take that Washington line. I can tell you that. I, I will say, if it truly does end up coming to pass, and I would love for Jalen Hurts to win MVP. I have him in my, all my fantasy teams, so I'm, I'm all aboard that train. But if it comes to pass that we get an Eagles-Bills Super Bowl in Phoenix the same weekend as the Waste Management Open, City of Phoenix is burning to the ground. That That's not surviving at, by any stretch but your next game up here is taking the other team from that monday night match kelly minnesota and i'm so glad that you have this one because i really wanted to ask about it minnesota right now is getting five and a half is that what we're still looking at here I'm i think it's pretty it much five and a half on most of 
most of the world. I don't have my odd screen open. I apologize, but yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing yeah, five and a half and six. They're still it, sixes. It, yeah, and this to me, I'm of two minds. On the one hand. It's a massive overreaction to Monday night. The Eagles blanketed Justin Jefferson. The Vikings played terrible. They're not going to do that every week. On the other hand, we did just see the Lions, this same Lions team they're going up against here, backdoor the Eagles the week prior and look a whole lot better against the same team. And I'm kind of loving the Lions, what they've been doing so far this season, but I just don't know if I want to trust them in this spot or if it's a massive overreaction to Minnesota's Monday night performance. Which way are you going on this one? Yeah, that's exactly where I'm going. I tweeted on Monday. I'm like, God, I can't wait to lay it with the Vikings this week. How gross. Of course, why would you want to lay points with Kirk Cousins? Well, because it's a morning game. Everybody relax. Uh, In theory, I'd like to see them be able to get Dalvin up and running early. Why? Because that is how they can open up this offense. The Vikings historically have been great in the NFC North. That's why they were my pick to start the season. I know the Lions getting everybody so excited. That backdoor cover week one against the Eagles and starting off, you know, 22 nothing because the commies couldn't even get a first down until five minutes left in the first half of the game. Lions do better. As the underdog, I will say that we've seen them be able to pull that off in the past. But I think that this line should be closer to eight, eight and a half. And so at six, I'm getting a ton of line value here. And I do like this Minnesota team to be able to win the game. I I would have had them in a teaser when it originally was supposed to be seven and a half, which was a look ahead line. I would have just teased them down below a field goal. But at six and even five and a half, that is not a long teaser. So I will not be doing that. But I did lay six. I don't like to see the market move again, but I know why. And a lot of people love this Lions team. So you watch Hard Knocks, you fall in love with Dan Campbell. I get it. I love Dan too, but I'm not ready to give this Lions team the benefit of the doubt on the road, their first road game this year, saying that they should be able to keep it close. I think the Vikings take out some frustration here. Let's hope that that defense can get some stops, unlike Monday night. Well, I should say that. They got some stops for me in the second half. But they should be able to make some stops here, and that is going to be the difference maker between what we've seen from the Vikings versus the Vikings on the road. The Eagles, they were able to neutralize Justin Jefferson with the blanket coverage by Darius Slay. Matt, I don't feel like the Lions have the guy that can bottle him up like that. What say you? Yeah, I I will say I am on the other side of this in that I have value on the Lions. I have this line at five, but like I I understand the biases of my numbers and like I I just know entering uh, entering the season, you know, based on what I had in the preseason, I was higher than the market on the Lions and lower than the market on the Vikings. And so that's probably reflected in the numbers I have now. And like I will I will freely admit that uh, that I'm just you know taking a little bit of a stand uh, with this number. Uh, and, you know, we'll we'll see. But the at least the market has moved towards where I have it projected. So I feel decent about that. But, I, you know, divisional game, uh, I don't feel all that great about this. If I had to bet it, I would be betting Detroit. But uh, for me, this is a stay away. Great. So uh, not much clarity there as you guys are split on this one and I'll have to still figure out what I want to do here. But Matt, your last game up here and the last one we're going to get to here today, the Chargers and the Jaguars. 
for me, it's all about the Justin Herbert injury. Uh, is he going to be healthy enough in this one? And also, Jaguars have kind of been plucky, and all of a sudden, Trevor Lawrence is looking like a guy who was taken first overall. It's almost like Urban Meyer was the problem down there. Where are you going? Almost. It's almost like. Almost. Not quite. Not ready to call it. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i going with the Chargers. Uh, and I think, I, I don't know. I, I think Justin Herbert plays. Uh, he's got three extra days coming off of Thursday night football to recover. Uh, this And this isn't like a super great trend, but uh, I found it. So I'm just going to say it. Uh, a team coming off of Thursday night, off of a Thursday night football road loss that is a home favorite, 24, 15 and one against the spread. Uh, and, you know, Doug Peterson on the road for his career, 15 and 25 against the spread. So like something, it's not to say like that is a, a super strong trend, but like Doug Peterson on the road, he's never really been all that great. Uh, so I am, I am on, uh, on the, the chargers in this spot. And, uh, I think it, for me, it really comes down to, to Bosa and Mac. Uh, I think they combine for multiple sacks in this game and, uh, you know, they are going, let me see here if I can pull it up. I don't have my notes here. I, I got, I got distracted at the very end. One second. Sorry. Totally unprofessional. Let me get to my article. Uh, we've, all, we've all been there, but I will say this. Uh, Chargers yeah. are a little scary uh, just because that's the same team doctor that uh, Tyron Taylor had. No, they did no uh, joke. No me joke. Because, you guys, I have horrible fantasy luck, and I keep tweeting about it. I keep talking about it. That way, like, it gets pushed away, and, like, maybe I get some good vibes here. We're 2-0, and and, of course, Justin Herbert goes down in Kansas City, and I'm like, my God, I knew it. I knew it. We're going we're gonna to kill Justin Herbert because I have such a bad curse. Uh, so, hopefully, everything I'm hearing yeah. is a go, and Chargers is my, uh, is my survivor pick because, historically, Jacksonville cannot win on the road. Yeah. All right. All right. Coming back. I got it now. Uh, so this offseason, the Jaguars definitely took steps to fortify the interior of the offensive line. Uh, they drafted center Luke Fortner. They signed right guard Brandon Scherf. Uh, you know, with those moves, quarterback Trevor Lawrence has had a significant step forward uh, in year over year improvement. But they still have left tackle, left tackle Cam Robinson and right tackle Jawan Taylor uh, as their offensive line bookends. And like those guys are average. And sure, like average tackle play is good enough for a lot of teams in the league. They would love to have average tackle play. Uh, but that's not a good enough against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. Uh, with those two leading the charge, nailed it. Uh, the Chargers defense is number seven uh, with a 9.2 adjusted sack rate. Uh, and in our fantasy pros unit power rankings, the Chargers defensive line has a massive edge, very massive edge against the Jaguars offensive line. And of course, that's primarily because of Bosa and Mack, who already have six sacks combined this year. Uh, I think they combined for multiple sacks in this game. And, you know, I think Justin Herbert plays. He had limited practice on Wednesday, three extra days to recover. And uh, I'm you know, relying on the expertise of uh, our in-house expert, uh, Dr. Deepak Chona. He thinks there's about a 70% chance that Herbert plays. Uh, I'm not one to argue with the doctor. I think it's probably higher than that, given uh, just you know, like how gamer that this, this kid is. Uh, and so I think... Uh, if he plays, this line will move significantly higher uh, once that is announced. Uh, in the preseason, this was 10. In the look-ahead market, uh, before the Chiefs played well, uh, sorry, before the Chargers played well against the Chiefs on Thursday Night Football, this line was 9, and now it's 7. Like, sure, the, the Jags won 24-0 to 0, 
last week over the Colts. That was impressive, but not impressive enough to justify moving this line down to seven. So I think if Herbert plays, this line moves up to nine, maybe 10, and we get some closing line value there. Uh, with Herbert in, I have this projected for nine and a half. Uh, so I think that is where this should be. You want to talk about overreactions. I think that Jaguars-Colts game was the biggest overreaction we could have. Even last year, it's not like they didn't do the exact same thing. I'm with you both here. And Kelly, I love this as a survivor pick. I was I was going to ask, that's my final question here, is where are you guys going for any survivor picks this week? I'm probably going to be riding with you. But Matt, do you have a play for us for a survivor? No one should ever ask me for survivor advice. Like all of my teams have been like killed twice at this point. Uh, so whatever I say, just do the opposite of that. Uh, so I would say, yeah, chargers, like just eyeballing it. Yeah. Chargers. They, you know, they, they've, Thomas, got, I mean, they've got a tough, they've got sorry, a tough schedule I, after this, you know, so this feels like a decent time to use them. Yeah. And I mean, last week I had the Broncos. It can't get much worse. Uh, like I said, the Jaguars just don't win on the road. And I got to hope that Herbert stays healthy. This has been a bloodbath of a survivor season, and we're only in week three. I actually have a double elimination this week in uh, the big money league that I'm in for survivor. So I'm taking Chargers and Vikings. I know it's chalky. Sometimes you got to look towards those short dogs, uh, but this was the, probably one of the better spots that I had to use the Vikings. Uh, I used Miami week one and got lucky enough to squeeze by. And as I mentioned, the Broncos last week was just disgusting. And I'm so glad I don't have to even watch another one of their games uh, for at least another few weeks there. But yeah, I think those are the two best options you have. Otherwise, start looking for some of those small home dogs uh, because there's going to be another round of upsets. There's nine home dogs this week. If you want to lay some chalk with uh, some of those teams on the road and just hope they can get out with a win, God bless you because I can't do it. I'm looking at one other team here. I have two selections. I'm absolutely taking the Chargers in one. I kind of like Atlanta. I know they're on the road versus Seattle, but when am I going to use them again? And this Seattle team is bad against the run. I don't care what the stats say. I was able to see it with my own two eyes. This team gets gashed in the run game. And the Falcons are plucky. Look at this resume for an 0-2 team. You were hanging right in there with the Rams, and you were hanging right in there with the Saints. Marcus Mariota and Drake London have a good thing going here. I, I, this team's a little better than terrible, and I still don't believe in Geno Smith. I'm still writing him off. He doesn't have to write me back. I don't hate that. I put the Falcons in a bunch of teasers this week. As I mentioned, I've just been terrible, so don't quote me on that, but I did. Lines now come down. Listen, the Falcons have got to learn how to win a game. That's the problem. They shot themselves in the foot uh, week one against the Saints, and then they came roaring back. Do you want to blame a little bit of Rams defense there? Or maybe you mentioned maybe Marcus Mariota is definitely a step up from Matt Ryan. I don't hate that pick. That's ballsy. I don't know if I would do it, but I don't hate it. I think that you're right. I think Atlanta gets their first win in Seattle. That's why I have two picks. I can go back and forth with it. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I can see it. You know, in my in my model, I take uh, take points away for having you know consecutive road games for different things that have to do with travel, uh, and you know, home field advantage is a pretty significant thing for Seattle. But you know, what if home field doesn't mean what it used to for Seattle because their team isn't as good, and you have Atlanta having stayed on the West Coast, so they don't have to have the travel back east, travel back west, and so like that could shave like a point or maybe even more than that off of uh, the projection that I have. So I can, I can see it. Like I wish I would have bet on Atlanta earlier in the week. Well, that is going to do it for us here today. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you in the fantastic work you're doing? 
Of course, I'm all over the place, right? Uh, wagertalk.com, do a lot of the stuff with them on YouTube. We have a show called Bet On It, uh, another show called The Hustle, where I'm gonna hang out with uh, my favorite every single Wednesday and you know talk about our group chat uh, bets that we have every single week. And then of course, Barstool Sportsbook. I do a show with Megan making money called Money Shots. And we just have a great time. I guess I get to be the sharp person on that show um, only because Megan just obliterates me with some of her takes sometimes and uh, is, is too witty for my own good. But lots of fun times this year. And I just got to find some winners because the last couple weeks have not been good to me. Well, hopefully we get some winners this weekend, but that's going to do it for us here, guys. For Kelly and Matt, I'm Tom saying good luck this weekend and let's cash some tickets. All right, we're good.